to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we continue our land-by-land guides, taking a look at Liberty Square in the Magic Kingdom, sharing with you our favorite attractions and some things that we learned that we didn't know about before we did the episode. Final episode of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or at DisneyDeciphered.com. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much to Robin TX, Posh with Cassie, and Organized Tourists for recent reviews. You can connect with us anytime at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered, or on Twitter at WDWDeciphered. Feel free to share with us questions, comments, or show ideas that you might want us to cover. If you'd like to support the podcast regularly or with a one-time donation, check us out at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So today we're going to continue on our land-by-land guide. Uh, we have moved on from Fantasyland finally, and we're moving on to Liberty Square, which is a small land, but there's a lot packed in there and there's a lot of great stuff to take a look at. So you ready to take a look at this one, Leslie? Definitely. The history geek in me is super excited for Liberty Square. Yeah, so let's start with attractions. So uh, as a reminder for attractions, we just talk about the attractions a little bit and say whether we always ride them, we usually ride them sometimes or never ride them. Um, Luckily, unlike Fantasyland, there are only three attractions here in Liberty Square. So let's start with the Hall of Presidents, Leslie. How do you feel about the Hall of Presidents? Is that an always, usually, sometimes, or never ride for you? So it's only a sometimes for me right now. I loved it as a child and it was an always ride when I was a child for sure but I just haven't fit in the longer show in recent trips I've taken a lot of trips very recently that were that were very short where I only had very limited time in the magic kingdom so I prioritized actual rides I guess so um, I'm sorry hall of presidents you know uh, I was a history major in college <laughs> and I feel like kind of obligated for to shame. Do- to do that every time. And so um, my, I guess my New Year's resolution is going to be to make sure I hit that on the next trip. And yeah, for those of you who don't know, the Hall of Presidents, it's kind of a celebration of just the office of the presidency and uh, take a, taking a look back at how that office has been used for good over the years. You know, it's a very kind of Walt uh, Americana and celebrating America type thing, you know, second only to the American adventure in Epcot in terms of its patriotism. But to be honest, you know, all of Liberty Square is just kind of celebrating um, our independence and us as a country. So, you know, if you're from America, of course. Uh, for me, this is a sometimes ride. Obviously, it's a great ride to get into when it's pouring out. So I think the last time, actually, I remember the last time I was in there, it was pouring and Liberty Square, actually all of the Magic Kingdom kind of gets these rivers in the center of, you know, the walkways when it's pouring. And I just saw some poor woman sprinting through the river with her sandals and it like fell off because there was like so much water but you know i do really enjoy the hall of presidents it's like my mom's favorite ride uh, or attraction she just like uh really enjoys geeking out there although uh neither myself nor my mother have seen the new version you know obviously every time there's a new president uh, there's an updated version um, and so it's changed through the years but the same general message still remains and so it's a sometimes ride for me yeah, yeah, I think we forgot to mention the fact that that whoever the president is at the time gets a, sp- a special starring role. So it does it does change over time, and of course that does make it controversial depending upon who is in office. But we're not going to go there. No, we're not. You can uh, check out NPR for those kinds of discussions. So the next attraction is, you know, I'm not sure. I guess people know it is an attraction, but it's the Liberty Square Riverboat. So it's that large, you know, steam powered, old school boat uh pat what what are those called with the fancy paddle wheels 
Good question. We don't know. We don't know. The river. It's a river. Boat I mean, I grew up gigantic. in Alabama, so I should know because they're kind of like the ones in the Mississippi. But yeah, sorry guys, it escapes yeah. me. Uh, but uh, you know, it kind of goes around the um, waterway right there in Liberty Square. So Leslie, how often have you ridden the Liberty Square Riverboat? It's basically a never ride for me. I mean, it, it, last time I rode it, I was a child. You know, because we we have the Mark Twain Riverboat in uh, Disneyland. So if I ever ride a riverboat, I'm doing it more often on my Disneyland vacation and not kind of spending time on that when I'm in in Florida. But again, sorry, Liberty Square. This is this is not a good track record so far for me um, with my history background. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Yeah, I have never had the chance to sail on the riverboat, but it is something that my son always wants to do and that I want to do. I, you know, I I don't really have a good excuse for not having done the uh, attraction. You know, I think it's a great way to relax. And I think people can be overwhelmed by the crush of crowds at Disney World. Um, And so, especially in the Magic Kingdom. So, you know, I think it's a worthy attraction to just kind of get away from that. So it's a never ride for me, um, but it is, it should be a sometimes a usually ride. And I think I'll rectify that next time. Yeah, this is one that it's definitely good if if you're at that mid-afternoon, lines are long, and you're just looking for something to do, but you're not going to go back to the hotel. This is a good way to sort of pass the time and get some downtime, I would say. Agreed. So let's move on to one of our major oversights from Episode 3, our Magic Kingdom 101, the Haunted Mansion. I know you prefer the Disneyland one, Leslie, but I was looking up on Wikipedia, and they are fairly similar. So tell us about the Haunted Mansion and how often you ride it at Walt Disney World. Yes. So it's pretty much an always ride for me. And, you know, it's not a super scary uh, haunted house kind of ride, like from a carnival. It's more that you're going into this historic mansion and, you know, seeing, seeing ghosts come alive and seeing things move. And, and there's some creepy, there's some, some creepy things. And, and, but it's, it's also pretty whimsical. Like the, the ghosts are kind of cartoonish in a lot of places. And surprisingly, like at least my oldest child was never scared by it. Like we were always able to take her on it. Now my younger child, totally different <laughs> ball of wax, but uh, he, he doesn't want to write anything, but yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's a lot of fun. And there are a lot of fun things to check out. Like, in and around the Haunted Mansion, like read the gravestones or some great puns for those of you who like a little dry humor. But yeah, what's what's your take on the Haunted Mansion, Joe? Yeah, so this is a usually to always ride for me. Um, actually, it's pretty much an always ride unless I'm with my kids. My kids like your youngest are kind of chickens, uh, although I'm going to try to get my daughter onto Phantom Manor, the Disneyland Paris version in a month or so. But, you know, I really love this ride. In fact, I love it so much that our Disney Do and Don't for today is related to this. We discussed about like whether it was whimsical or scary. And in a previous episode, I mentioned that I thought that that was because of the people who were designing it. And so I looked it up, Leslie. And you know, I think you want to know this because you're a history buff and this is Disney history. So the original designers were two guys or heavily involved with the design were two guys named Mark Davis and Claude Coates. And one of them really wanted to kind of, you know, do the spooky atmosphere thing. And that's why you have the long hallways that are creepy with like the doors that are knocking and stuff like that. And then when one wanted to do the kind of whimsical sort of scary thing that you see in the graveyard. So indeed, it is both trying to be creepy and trying to be funny at the same time because these two guys could not agree. And so ultimately their visions got merged. 
That's really interesting because really the rooms do each have their own kind of theme. And uh, you're right. The earlier parts of the Haunted Mansion are creepier and then it gets, it lightens up a little bit (laughs) as you get towards the end. It kind of becomes like a museum of the absurd almost with a creepy creepy, uh, vibe to it. So, right, right. Great piece of, piece of history there. Yeah. Um, and But yeah, definitely the Haunted Mansion. I love it. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I love every version of the Haunted Mansion that I've been on. Um, but, you know, especially the Walt Disney World one. Okay. So moving on, let's talk about characters that you can meet. So this is going to be pretty easy. There's really only one character who is regularly around in Liberty Square. You can find her in the Liberty Square gazebo. That's Mary Poppins. So she's hanging out there sometimes. I've never met her. Uh, I'm not sure. Have, have you, Leslie, met her either there or elsewhere? Not not in recent years, no. Sometimes for some of these lands, it's hard to go over all the characters that are there. But for Liberty Square, it's uh, pretty straightforward. Kind of an honorable mention. It's not a character, but it is kind of an attraction or at least a photo op. It's you know, there's the Liberty Square pillory, you know, where you can make it look like you are a prisoner and, you know, you put your head through the big hole and your arms through the little holes. Um, and you can take a cool picture there. There's also a replica of the Liberty Bell. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of photo ops in Liberty Square, even though they're not necessarily that many characters, which I don't really know who would fit in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's sort of the, the joy of Liberty Square is looking at the different buildings, you know, the the theming, the there's Colonial Williamsburg, there's things that are more New England style. That's really more of the attraction than the characters there is the, the physical plant itself. Except for three times a day where, Leslie, it's funny because neither of us knew about this, but the Muppets actually do a history show, a 10-minute history show, three times a day around lunchtime in Liberty Square. And it's called Great Moments in American History. I did not know. I was like shocked that I've never walked through Liberty Square at lunch, but I did not know that this show exists. It has a really catchy and can't-get-out-of-your-head theme song where they talk about great moments in history, great moments in history, great moments in history, but just the American parts. And so, uh, yeah, I checked out the show online Leslie, did you get a chance to watch a YouTube version? Yeah, I watched. There's two different shows. There's the Declaration of Independence version and the Ride of Paul Revere version. And I'm totally obsessed now and want to see it on my next trip. Want to see at least at least one of them, if not both. I mean, you really have not lived your life until you've seen Fozzie Bear play one of the founding fathers. So, you know, I think it's uh, something that needs to be done. But it's it's really cute. It's a funny show. There's a lot of humor, obviously. Obviously, Sam the Eagle is very involved but you know it's also educational so you know they have the two different shows and it looks really cool and for some reason miss piggy always a drama queen needs to play the queen georgie of england uh, instead of the king of england from the american revolution appropriate i approve even the history buff approves so <laughs> and so that kind of about does it for the kind of attractions and things that you can experience in liberty square but before we talk about food i want to talk about the shops in liberty square because liberty square is Probably some of my favorite shops in Walt Disney World, which is kind of funny because, you know, we're not a huge merchandise or souvenir family, but there are three shops. So the first one, which is my favorite, is called Memento Mori, which is a play on words because, you know, Memento Mori is a saying in Latin, I think, that means like, remember that you're going to die one day, but then obviously, you know, you get it. Anyway, it's all Haunted Mansion themed merchandise and i really like going into that store i don't know if you've been in there leslie yeah i I love all that merchandise i mean i don't do a lot of shopping souvenir shopping either but i do a lot of window shopping and that's a great great spot to check out and then the second store that i really like going to is 
ye old Christmas shop. You know, that's where they have all the Christmas ornaments and things like that. And, you know, I know a lot of people like to buy Christmas ornaments when they're on vacation, whether it be Disney World and elsewhere. And so we really love going in there. You know, we have a couple of Christmas ornaments that we hang up on our tree um, that we got there. Um, and so, you know, that's their year round. Like that's uh, essentially their Christmas tree shops, but at Disney World. So that's a really cool store as well. Do you uh, like to buy ornaments when you're at a uh, Disney? Yeah, our tree during the holiday season is covered with Disney. It's crazy. So we aren't buying any more. <laughs> we aren't in the market for any more. But again, great window shopping opportunity. And and if you are, you know, sort of feeling like like I do, like your house is overwhelmed with uh, souvenirs from Disney, you know, something like collecting a Christmas ornament is not going to completely, you know, overwhelm you. And, and it's a good thing to, to sort of add a small thing to add every trip. And hey, if you have too many but still have young children, they'll probably break a couple. So you're going to have to replenish anyway. True. Um, and the last store, uh, which I'm not as into, but you know, it's a cool idea is the Liberty Square Portrait Gallery, which is nice, but not the kind of thing we're generally into. You know, the less pictures of me, the better is my uh, general goal in life. Yeah, we're more into the silhouettes in our family when we get something done. But if that's your thing, that's where you go. All right, so let's get to food really quickly. So let's start with the quick service options. I've talked about this many times uh, across various podcasts, but Columbia Harbor House, which is a quick service option, also has mobile ordering, you know, has some really good options, especially for healthy options. We gen- I generally get the salmon for my kids there. It comes with a side of broccoli and rice, but there's also like mac and cheese and other less healthy options there. Um, and uh, I think fish nuggets and chicken nuggets. But I really like going to Columbia Harbor House. And the really nice thing about Columbia Harbor House is generally there's a lot of space to sit as well. Um, there's a second floor that's often open when there's too many people. So um, that's the first quick service option. Ever been? You know, I don't think I have in, in quite a while. I, I do love that it, it it absolutely is your most mentioned restaurant on this podcast, Joe. I, I think your Boston roots are showing. But uh, yeah, no, I, for, for a place to escape the heat and have a wide variety of food that your, you know, picky kids are going to, picky eater kids are going to eat, that that is a great, a great choice. And the next restaurant I know you know about because I ate with you there. So tell us about the next quick service restaurant in Liberty Square, Leslie. Yes. So uh, Sleepy Hollow is... Not much more than a little bit of a snack stand, but they have got like this crazy chicken and waffle sandwich that Joe made me try on my last trip there with him. And it was so good. So, so good. (laughs) It it had not been a a place that had been on my radar at all. So yeah, that's that's definitely a a, a smart stop and better than the usual sort of like snack standy food. Yeah, I really like it there. And then another nice thing about that spot is it's a decent view of the parade if you don't want to like fight the crowds. Um, And so, you know, and it's kind of towards the side of the castle. So there's a nice view of the or nice side view of the castle as well. So there's that. Uh, The next place on our list I haven't personally been to, but I'm pretty sure this is the place where Lentesta has been raving about their hot dogs on the Disney Dish podcast. And that's Liberty Square Market, which is kind of one of those things where there's like carts set up on the inside. But I think According to Len, now they have kind of these barbecue grills set up, and he says it's the best hot dog he's ever eaten. And that's kind of a place just to grab quick snacks, but I've never been personally. Yeah, I mean, I know that's the place where you get your turkey leg or your hot dog or your Mickey pretzel, and that's really about it for anything of, of substance. But um, yeah, if you're if you're on the go, then that's a great place where you can grab something a little more substantial and, and keep keep moving. And apparently, a great hot dog. Yeah, uh, I've never been super into turkey legs, but that's where you get it if you want it. 
And then finally, the uh, table service restaurant is called Liberty Tree Tavern. Um, and so, you know, I think they just have typical New England fare. I actually, is it a character? It used to be. It used to be a character dining restaurant, and it is no longer. So, um, sorry for those of you who did it a couple years ago and remember that because that is no longer an option. Yeah. So, what type of food is it? Is it like a buffet? Is it, um, you know, you order what you want? What is it? So, I think it's a little bit of a hybrid. They have a family style option that kind of has like hearty American food, <laughs> for lack of a better term, like mashed potatoes and chicken and stuff like that. But I think there is actually an a la carte menu. I don't exactly know how the logistics work on the ground more recently. So that's one that we need to add to our dining list, Joe. Yeah. I don't, I've just never been like super enamored with the idea of going just because I feel like New England fare is just what I eat all the time. So it is a blind spot. You're right. Yep. Yep. All right. So anything else in Liberty Square you think we've missed? I do think, like you said, Liberty Square is a place where it really does pay off to kind of pay attention to the little details. Because I think the way that the buildings were constructed and designed, everything there, it's really well done. Um, But it's kind of a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Yeah, definitely try to sneak in a little learning in the Magic Kingdom there with your kids. You know, it's not just at Epcot where you can uh, improve your mind. So, um, yeah, I I think I'll be spending a little more time. Like, just doing the research for this episode made me appreciate Liberty Square that much more. I mean, it's definitely a place that often you're just kind of passing through and you, you miss all of the nuances. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, con- a, a little bit even more of a convert since preparing for this episode. Yeah, me too. All right. So we want to end with a Disney do or don't. And like I said, I'm going to end with a Disney do. Um, And this is going to be, oh, it's not going to be controversial. But you know, if you've been listening to the podcast that we don't love waiting in line. Um, We love to use FastPass Pluses to get into attractions. But I do think that there's just something special about going through the Haunted Mansion line. Uh, It's always been special to me. Like even when I was a kid, you know, I remember reading the funny tombstones and, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of don't understand all the jokes, but you're starting to get some of those jokes. Since then, they've made the queue even more interactive. So there are things that like kids can mess with and, you know, things will happen. I don't want to spoil it. Um, So it's even that much more fun. But even without that interactive stuff, I just feel like the Haunted Mansion queue is just so well done and so uh, tongue in cheek and just so clever that it's worth, you know, at least spending 15 to 20 minutes in. I mean, I'm not going to wait an hour there, but you know, if I see a 10 to 15 minute queue or if it's the end of the night and there's no queue, you know, just take your time walking through. Don't just rush through and go straight to the stretching room. Great tip. All right. So that does it for our Liberty square. We will continue on and move on to Adventureland Next time we do one of these land by land guides. If you have tips for Liberty square, if you have things you love about Liberty square, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us Disney deciphered at gmail.com at WW deciphered on Twitter or on our Facebook page, Disney deciphered. Of course, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd always appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review, wherever you're listening to this or consider supporting us at patreon.com slash Disney deciphered. Other than that, Leslie, I will see you at the Liberty Bell. Thanks, Joe.